0: Kevin Brannick with Pioneer Hybrid, I've worked with the company for about 32 years, and so we've seen an abundance of environments over my 32 years. Um, This is probably as unusual an environment we've ever had. We've got abundant rain, we've got shortage of moisture, a couple of duratios. I don't think prior to the one that we had, I believe it was May 10th, that people even knew what that was. That's an unusual phenomenon that we typically don't, Well, if you go back through the journals, historically, I I think maybe prior to 1960s, it was only identified a couple of times, and now we're running, oh, maybe six a year. And that is very unusual, considering, you know, what we were able to identify um, at the turn of the century forward. And I'm not saying we didn't have them, we didn't have the sophisticated weather equipment, you know, to understand, you know, what's a 60-mile-an-hour versus 100-mile-an-hour wind. And then the thing, we didn't have the large structures on the landscape. And so, you know, bins that are 40, 50 feet tall or 60 feet whatever, 60,000 bushel or 100,000 bushel, all of that plays into the to that aspect of the damage that that occurred. It seems like we've got some areas with too much moisture, some areas with clearly not enough moisture. How are the areas that you're seeing, how are they living up? these days okay so I cover the area from Sioux Falls to Salem and then north to the Watertown area and as everybody knows that Northeast was just imperiled with excess moisture uh, for most of the spring and the crop went in extremely late um, now they're tipped to the other side of the teeter-totter and now many of those lighter soils are very very dry and um, they're in need of a, a one to two inch soaker much like we've got along the Nebraska Yankton border over the past two nights. And that was a lifesaver for them on soybeans in that southern location. One aspect about that, I would recommend growers not be too hesitant to pull the silage cutter into the field if they don't need the silage quite yet. I mean, we're going to resurrect part of that corn crop. We've seen this a couple of times in the past. It's almost as if, you know, what they've gone through, um, the plant has a resurrection gene and it'll start turning green. And if those kernels aren't dead, you know, we're just coming into the R5 stage, which is what we call the dent stage of corn. And there's a 30 day fill period associated with that until we reach black layer. So if I'm sitting in an area where I still got some green tissue in the upper third of that plant, um, the ears aren't completely aborted or tipping landward or tipping over then i think we can probably you know and maybe I'm, I'm reaching out too far but i think it's possible to still get 70 80 100 bushel corn out of some of the fields that at, at this point look like they're 15 to 20 bushel corn well and i think you're right mother nature seems to have a way of uh, the ying and the yang and taking care of itself so that's probably what we're going to see in a lot of these areas right correct right and and the corn will be the first thing that that we see in that the, the soybeans have always looked good all summer short droughty but they're hanging in there and this rain is going to be incredibly beneficial for them especially you know rich the other thing is that 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 part of the state didn't go in with a late planting north of interstate 90 we did so any moisture north of the interstate is going to be very beneficial because we're still moving from probably r2 r3 into r4 for corn beans are you know, R1, R2 is flowers bottom, flowers top. R3, R4 would be pods bottom, pods at the upper portion of the plant. And I, I'm sure that we're probably R4 to R5, which R5 would, would be a full pod at the base of the plant. So we've got a long ways to go on the bean crop yet, and uh, this brain was very welcome for that. Anything else that producers and folks would want to hear out there right now? You know, hope, I think more than anything incredibly high grain prices as we started the growing season. And now we've seen, you know, a buck and a half come off the corn market. Maybe the, the spot markets are still pretty active. Uh, we've seen a lot come off the So even the last couple of weeks, do we know where we're exactly at? N- I, no, I keep thinking of the North Dakota crop um, and a relative that drove through there a week ago, two weeks ago, and he said there wasn't a field he saw that had tasseled. Well, if we need 50 days, 50, 55 days, to fill and, and complete that grain, you know, they've got a long ways to go. And North Dakota can have a foot of snow on the ground in the middle of October, and that's that's going to be way too soon for that crop. Soybean market, again, uh, rainfall the next three weeks is going to be important. Uh, we've had an abundance in certain areas, and I think that, uh, that that's going to bode well for some really good bean yields. But there's enough areas that are planted late, uh, haven't had the moisture that they needed to, to receive. And so the next couple of weeks for the bean crop are going to be really telling on just how big this bean crop could be. Could it be what the USDA averages? Sure. But, you know, the eastern corn belt that everybody's looking at was had an element of dryness as we started the year. Uh, now it's received a fair amount of rain, but along with that comes disease pressure as well. And so um, that's something to keep in mind. Give us some final thoughts. Be hopeful. With the concern about some of the cropping conditions in Kansas, Nebraska, southern third of South Dakota, the lateness of the crop from Watertown to the Canadian border. We're going to look at a basis level that's going to be attractive. I don't think at the current grind rate for ethanol and feed consumption that there's going to be an adequate flow of corn coming to the marketplace in the fashion that is needed to keep all of these facets of consumption grinding away at their current rate. And so I think we're going to see periods where um, a zero basis, maybe a positive basis, especially as we go into the central part of South Dakota and into Nebraska and Kansas, where they have not only an ethanol industry to feed, but they've got a huge livestock sector. They've got to feed in the Southwestern Plains has been besieged with a drought all summer until the last couple of weeks. And so our strength will probably emanate from there and then spread north and east as, you know, the grain gets tucked away, the bin doors close, and I think we're going to see fairly good markets, you know, through the balance of the year on on the corn side of things. So it's it's hard to say yet. We have to have that final number. China has to be um, healthy economically uh, to keep consuming what they've they've done in the past. But I I think all in all, it's going to be um, A stable market going forward and so uh, that gives everybody hope that they can go ahead and plan for the new year Um, try to fetter through higher prices we're going to see that not only in seed prices but machinery uh, all the anything involved with logistics with the price of fuel and so but it, it looks for a I think probably a robust spring and again when we get back to next spring we're going to be talking about guess what weather And there's going to be dry areas, and there's going to be concern about that. And so that'll have a tendency to put a floor in the market and keep everybody's spirits above board. Kevin, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you, Rich.